This is exactly right. Is that the start? I mean, that's the start. We should make up an actual song with like lyric. You, I mean, you, the songwriter, should make up an actual song based on downtown. Okay. We can't. Not right now. I mean. Well, and I don't think we can base it on it. I think we'll get sued. Well, we're not selling it. We're just like. Yo, shit. Yeah, we are, girl. <laughs> we fucking make bank on this fucking show. Welcome to the My Favorite Murder mini-sode hometown edition where we're the most downtown modest, modest girls in town so you go the other way with it downtown so i say hometown while well, you say no we're not harmonizing oh. you have to change the tune so oh. you don't get caught and sued by burke bachrock's estate we're changing the words isn't that enough no no <laughs> um I, I know hey uh this is my favorite murder hometown where mm-hmm. we review your stories. That's right. Back to you. Yep. We um we love hearing your stories about what the crazy fucking thing that happened in your town or your college town or to your mom's cousin or to you know your whatever teacher. you can get down on paper. We want to hear about yeah. it. We want to hear them, and you send them to us at my favorite murder at Gmail. Stephen looks through them. He deletes the shitty ones, and he gives us the good ones. Putting a lot of pressure on Steven right now. <laughs> People already are like, um, if Steven even reads this, there's a lot of messages that that start with a lot of attitude. If this even gets by yeah. Steven, where it's like, well, now it won't. Yeah. Well, now it doesn't. Yeah. No complaining. Not in the first line. This is all supposed to be for fun. And profit. It's fun times. Downtown. Or you go sideways <laughs> with it somehow. Side town. You're the fucking musician here. <coughs> True. You go. So let's do a hometown. You go first. All right. I like this title because it's from um, the name of my the city that I think is the funniest. Sheboygan, the Florida of Wisconsin. <laughs> Thirteen-year-old murders and a severed tongue. Oh dear. Hi, ladies. My name is Anna, and I hail from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where we just were. I'm not writing about old Jeffrey, though. Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm -hmm. Everyone here has a story about how their uncle got a ride from him or whatever. Instead, I'm going to tell you about Sheboygan. It's about an hour or so north of Milwaukee and arguably the weirdest city in the state. (laughs) In 2012, a 13-year-old named Antonio Barbeau escaped from juvie and was living with his friend, Nathan Pape, Good luck pronouncing that one. Uh, Nathan's unsuspecting mother drove both boys to Antonio's great-grandmother, Barbara Olson's house. What she didn't know was that one boy was armed with a hatchet, the other with a hammer. How can you know that? You can't. About your your 13-year-old child. Grandchild. Not having children, ever. So they entered the house through an unlocked door in the garage. Barbeau hit his great-grandmother with the blunt end of the hatchet, and then he began to hit her. His friend followed suit with the hammer, poor grandma in parentheses, and a sad face in parentheses. But the sad face is at the end of the parentheses, so then the closed parentheses makes the sad face look like a yelling face with a mole. Okay. They looked through her house for cash and valuables. Maybe he then, meant to do that. Maybe he's like sad face with a mole. Yelling face with a mole. Yelling face with a mole. 
like poor grandma ah, ah yeah uh they looked through her house for cash and valuables they then put the murder weapons in the trunk of her car and drove off with it 13 years old 13. what they did next was pretty smart for 13 year olds they stopped the car in the parking lot of a bowling alley and put her jewelry in the front window hoping someone would steal the car and then take the fall for the murder holy shit that's fucking conniving that's sinister totally. as fuck okay afterwards they went and got pizza <laughs> that's sinister as fuck right there 13 suddenly they're 13 again yeah and that's not right 49 year old like, i want a chocolate milk <laughs> I just murdered someone with a hammer. Isn't it weird? Can you imagine like murdering someone and not being able to have a whiskey afterwards to calm your nerves because you're 13? Dude, dude, when I was 13, if I couldn't have a bag of Doritos every hour on the hour, it was a real problem. Eating <laughs> Karen disorder. got murderous. <laughs> What'd you say? You got, you'd get murderous. That That's was the problem. Anyways. Yeah, that, that was the problem. Okay, so... Barbo later confessed after police found Barbara's purse that had been tossed into the storm drain by the boys. Both boys were sentenced to life in prison. Oh, and during the trial, it came out that Antonio had been hit by a car as a child. Uh, in 2010, there was not a murder, but a woman by the name of Karen Luters bit her husband's tongue off. Ooh. She apparently was having a manic episode and was <laughs> off her meds. On her meds, she had been described as a kind-hearted person. Weird shit like that happens on the reg in Sheboygan, and I wanted to share it with you guys. <laughs> Thanks for reading. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered, Anna. That was wow. very satisfying, Anna. Man, those misfiring neurons will just make you chomp away at fucking extremities. It's very unfair. Please try to stay on your meds as much as possible. That is if a thing. need be. Well. Who are we to say? I have that thing of whenever a friend is like, I'm getting on meds, and you're like, great. Can you do me a favor in three months when you think you're better now because the meds are working that you don't fucking get off of them? Yeah. Every single person right. is new. Well, and also because there's there's um, side effects, right? There's things that make it a bummer. Or even worse when you stop taking it. It's not like you stop taking it and it goes away. Oh, right. Oh, you mean like in the beginning, you're like, this isn't working. Or it works, but then it's also like it makes me tired or something. So right. then they're like, once they get better, they're like, well, I don't want to feel tired anymore. Right. So I'm going to stop doing this. No, see, what you have to do is just add medication on top of that until <laughs> you get to a place where I am, where you basically are just medicated <laughs> and you're just and motivated you're, you're one pharmaceutical away from biting your husband's tongue off <laughs> vince i'm sorry vince i would never but you gotta ride that line yeah uh hey we don't work for big pharma by the by <laughs> we don't we just support people getting what they need okay what's um, yours let's see da, 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 da. okay here's what we're gonna do Okay, this one is titled 42 Times, OMG, A Murder About Sisters from Sisters. <laughs> Hola, Georgia, Karen, Stephen, Elvis, and Mimi. My sister and I are both avid listeners and discuss your episodes with each other all the time. We've been wanting to share our hometown murder for a while because it's about another set of sisters in our town. We grew up in a small town north of Chicago, close to the Wisconsin border. Every summer in high school and college, we worked as lifeguards at the outdoor pool cliche i know well we worked there that's not cliche that's so wholesome it's and just sweet. life <laughs> i wish my life had been like that instead of fucking raves and just basements okay i don't know what that is well we don't have basements in orange county while we worked there there was another set of sisters who were in elementary school that would literally get to the pool the moment it opened and stay until the moment it closed and they were terrors they were terribly behaved really mean to each other and had literally worst potty mouths than most adults i know 
I'm all for a good fuck you, but when a nine-year-old says the C word, that's a little much. That's fair. That's very true. <laughs> it might be a step too far. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe your parents are not involved. I hadn't thought about those girls in quite some time, but a couple years ago, my sister sent me a newspaper article about the girls from the pool who were then 12 and 9. The girls were raised by their mom, but had two different dads. Because their mom was a single mother, she worked long hours, often leaving the older sister home to care for the younger one, which we both know is a huge fucking mistake because older sisters are fucking... Nazis. They're they're like the they're the worst. world's worst babysitters. They're they hate you. They hate your guts. They hit you with a brush in the face. Yeah. In the face? That's right, Steven. <laughs> Steven looked very upset. He I said, mean, No, not the face. Oh, you think Laura Kilgar is so nice? No, she no, used no. to hit me with a brush. Yeah. I I completely believe it. Um, the older, I guess the older sister was getting to be fed up with this routine. There was one night when the older sister got into a screaming match with the younger one because she didn't pitch in and help with the household chores. Getting so mad, the older sister went to bed that night plotting to kill her younger sister. The next morning, the older sister waited until her mom went to work, grabbed two butcher's knives from the kitchen and proceeded to attack her younger sister. Oh, shit. Okay. I want to say that Lee never did that to me. Oh, yes. And I appreciate her for that. And I'm sorry I called you horrible. Yeah. Sorry I threw a Barbie at your head once. Still a brush is a weapon, but it is not as sharp as a knife. You're right. She stabbed her 42 times. Fuck. All caps, 42 freaking times. That's horrifying. Then she got in the shower to clean off and called the police, telling them someone had broken in and murdered her sister while she was in the shower. The police eventually figured out what was going on and the sister confessed. People were particularly shaken about this event because not only was it so violent and premeditated, but both girls were so young. Yeah, it's that's crazy. Do you remember as a latchkey kid, like when you'd have to call your mom at the office and she'd be like, what is it? This better be important. Like, what if it was <laughs> one of your daughters killed the other one? It's. I mean, also, a kid, kids getting dropped off when the pool opens and not leaving till the pool closes is like yeah. 1,000 red flags. Yeah. And it, it's so, there's so much neglect happening. There's something bad happening. And I totally, I, I, in like defense of single mothers, I totally understand that there's some, you know, and especially back then, you know, there was really nothing you could do. There wasn't a place for my mom to take us. It wasn't like she couldn't work full time to pay fucking mortgage. Yep. And we were little shits, but man, yeah, that's not a, that's not what you, anyways, she spent time in juvenile detention until she was 21 and is getting released this year. The court said that after years of intensive treatment and jail time, she was, she has paid for her crime. I'm not an expert, but stabbing someone 42 times doesn't really seem like something that therapy can bring you back from, but who knows? I hope she really has gotten the help she needs. Sorry, that was so gruesome. No, it wasn't. It was awesome. But I was definitely the, it was definitely the craziest thing that happened in my town. I've since moved and now live in downtown Chicago. My sister and I are going to your live show at the Vic. We are so excited. See you there. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Murderinos, Elizabeth and Kate. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. I hope you liked the show that is happening this weekend, but happened last weekend <coughs> based on this podcast episode. <laughs> huh? I'm just, that's such a bummer story. I can't yeah. believe it. I, yeah. Also being half sisters. Yeah. I mean, all the resentment. What's there. going on? I don't want to know. Babies. And, and she killed the little sister. It's not like the little sister killing the older yeah. sister, which we could maybe get behind. To like get back at you because you've treated me so badly. Yes. No, it's like, I'm sick of you having to take care of you. 
And also then it just is like, well, then the fighting is about the fact that one of those sisters is crazy and the little oh. sister's having to fight a big crazy <gasps> sister. That's nightmare. And like somehow hold her own. Yes. Which is impossible. She's nine. Yeah. Awful. Against a crazy person who doesn't know how, doesn't understand boundaries. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, right. let's well, move on from that bummer. Well, fine then. Uh, all right. Well, the heading of this one says, when a house blows up, is it still murder? <laughs> this hometown murder, <clears throat> excuse me, this hometown murder involves a suburb of Richmond Hills in Indianapolis and a get-rich-quick insurance scheme <gasps> that took the life of two neighbors Also, and also involves some pretty murdery intentions later. So some of you, particularly Hoosier mu- murderinos, might, I love the mur- movie Hoosiers so much. I don't Have know. you ever seen Hoosiers? No, which one's that? It's the one about the like 50s basketball team no. that go. they end up going to the state championships. Oh my God. And Gene Hackman is their coach. And Barbara Hershey is his yes. love interest. Yes. She has the, some of the best outfits in cinema. So un, just totally un, it's such a good movie. We saw it in the theater when I was like 12. Oh, watch and it. it's just like how everybody comes together and makes a team mm. the best. It's uplifting. Love it. Hoosiers, everybody. Hoosiers. Thank you, Gene Hackman, for all you've done. <laughs> Some of you, particularly Hoosier murderinos, may be familiar with this 2012 case. Basically, a woman named Montserrat Shirley, Montserrat Shirley, hooked up with the wrong guy, a sociopathic con man by the name of Mark Leonard, and decided to follow his quote-unquote suggestion of blowing her house up and making it look like a gas leak so that she could collect on insurance money. This wasn't a a secluded country home, but a home in the middle of that nice, quiet subdivision. I remember watching the chaos and horror. I even heard the bang from (gasps) nearly an hour away. It was that loud. Shirley's next door neighbors were Jennifer and Dion Longworth. Dion was the brother of my sister's childhood best friend and was even my childhood crush. They were killed in the blast and subsequent fire and at least seven others were injured. Four million dollars of property damage was done 33 homes had to be destroyed holy shit but really it was jennifer and dion's deaths that hit the hardest the details of the case are too horrific to go into since it's recent you should be able to find them if you are so inclined jennifer died instantly but dion suffered in a way that no one should have to and police immediately marked the explosion as suspicious and started looking at the residents of the house uh, that was at the epicenter. And thanks to some curious behavior, Mark and Shirley leaving that weekend, taking the cat to a border, and having someone babysit Shirley's daughter. Uh, Mark and Shirley, with Mark's brother Bob and two others, were caught and quickly tried. Witnesses placed Bob at the scene and reported on Mar- remarks that Mark had made about what he was going to do with the $300,000 of insurance money, including buying a fancy car. Seriously, I'm not even fucking kidding. $300,000 was worth the potential of killing people. What the ever-loving fuck. Uh, When they were caught, Shirley wasn't immediately repentant, but when she found out that everyone pretty much had figured out that she'd done it, she flipped on the others. Mark, Shirley, and Bob, as well as one of the other men, were tried for murder. And while Shirley was busy trying to avoid the death penalty, because that was apparently on the table for all of them, mm. or life in prison, Mark was trying to make his own escape. He hired a hitman <gasps> in jail to go and kill a key witness. Oh, 
only everyone knows that a hitman you hire over the phone right. in jail right. is probably a cop. Yeah. So yes, when a house blows up, it is still murder. Mark and Bob were convicted, and uh, as most testified that they um, had to have known that loss of human life was possible, yeah. and that they just didn't care, and the jury agreed. I wish I could say that this was a happy ending, but it's not. Two good people lost their lives to a stupid scheme to get $300,000. People are assholes. Holy S. shit. Yeah, that's rough. That's, that's so stupid. Horrifying. I wonder how they did it. Well, they were trying to make it look like a gas leak, right. is what they said. God, I just hate that it's that easy. You know what I mean? There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye georgia have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. 
June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Well, let's do let's do the sledgehammer killer. From Oak Park, Illinois. Hey, Georgia and Karen. I love your podcast so much because I'm obsessed with murder and serial killers and unsolved crime. Too much CSI as a kid. I tried to be an amateur detective in elementary school. I researched missing persons and made a book with pictures and details of their their disappearances. Oh my God, can you imagine having a kid and be like, what are you doing, honey? (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Uh, Listening to your podcast has seriously made me question why I never went into the criminal justice field or law. I work in higher education administration. Anyway, here's my hometown murder story. I grew up in Oak Park, Illinois. Michelle McNamara was my dad's cousin. She was a badass lady and truly an inspiration. A town that borders the west side of Chicago, but where violent crime is super unusual. Unusual. In 2005, when I was 12, a UIC professor was walking home after the uh, uh, from the L after work around 5 or 6 p.m. on a summer night, normal rush hour time. A car drove up and a man got out of the car and bludgeoned the UCI professor to death with a sledgehammer. What? Neighbors later reported they'd heard some sort of disturbance and then the car sped away. The professor, Pete Diagnostio, was found on a front lawn dead from a massive head wound. People around town had noticed the car and man earlier because of his suspicious behavior. One woman even tried to take down his license plate number. Needless to say, everyone was terrified because nothing like this ever happened in Oak Park. But it also seemed likely at the time that he would be caught because they had witnesses to come to compile sketches of the man and then accurate description of the guy's car. However, the leads dried up and the murder remains unsolved to this day. Jesus. He says, but there's more. Oh, I was, oh, she says, I was doing some digging on this the other day and I was listening to your podcast and found Michelle's post on this murder on true crime diary from 2006. I never know there was knew there was another attack almost a year later, similar weapon, some kind of hammer, very similar description of the attacker. And I guess the composite sketches look similar too, though I wasn't able to find those online. Also in broad daylight, only this time it was a 14 year old girl on the Southwest side of the city. All caps, she survived, which is why police were able to get a description. I don't think the police ever linked the two attacks as Michelle did in her post, and maybe they're not actually related, but it would be quite a coincidence, in my opinion, if the two attacks turned out to be unrelated. Anyways, both attacks remain unsolved. I'm still catching up on your podcast, and I'm several episodes behind, so I hope the story isn't redundant. It's not. You guys are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing, Emma. That's crazy. Fuck, man. That was the amazing thing about Michelle's uh, blog, which is still up. And Mm -hmm. 
And there's a, when we were in Portland, there was some uh, murder that I was looking at, and I actually brought me to that page. Oh, wow. Because she really did do that work of connecting totally. things. She was so into true crime. She would actually go, well, this was here, but she would know herself personally not not this is not like my version of it which is like oh i've seen it on tv yeah. or it's something that's 30 years old she knew about current cold cases and she would be putting the dots together on yeah. things like that it was just an incredible an amount of work and like and really well written like very yeah. readable you have to really care at that point to be able to kind of be that thorough and yeah. get that involved is just you you really care about people coming you know people getting fucking found the idea that someone jumps out of their car and bludgeons someone to death with a sledgehammer and gets away with it is insanity and you know they probably looked into his life to be like is was he having an affair and the husband flipped out was you know was there a professor who was mad at him a student who he did you know bad gave bad grades to or some shit and if that's not if they looked into that hopefully which i'm sure they did yeah then that just means it's some fucking unrelated stranger. A random stranger. Yeah. Psychotic lunatic. Or got the wrong guy. It meant to get the guy that that was truth with and got the wrong guy. So crazy. That's crazy. But then just, it's fascinating, like... It's too bad that most police departments don't have a big enough budget that right. they could employ people who would actually, and maybe this is something that's like the near future, computer programs that link these things totally. once they go in, when the, when the paperwork goes in. That's a good idea. Yeah, you plug in the statistics of cold, hard facts, and it comes back with, you know, similar MO, similar weapon. Yeah. All this shit. It must be happening in somewhere. Yeah. Or, yeah, it must be. Yeah. It Maybe FBI level, but... Oh, oh, man. Yeah. That's heavy. Very heavy. Um, send us your hometowns, you guys, because clearly we fucking dig them. And um, thank, thank you, guys. Yes, thank you so much for sending those in. Well-written, good stories. Yeah. Steven, do you have something you need to say? Oh, I was getting ready for Elvis. Oh. <laughs> It looked like Stephen picked up the microphone, like kind of like Marilyn McCoo on Solid Gold. Is very like very refined. Like you're about to be like one less. He's like, I'm going to add something to the end of Don't Get Murdered, he's and also, do, and he's going to go into his version of Downtown that's clearable. Oh my god, you don't have to pay for. And, downtown. <laughs> that was it. Magic. Um, All right, stay sexy and don't get murdered, Elvis. You want a cookie? You want a cookie? Goodbye. Bye. Bye.